What up, Flomies? The Into the Flow podcast starts right now. Hey, everybody. This is Gabe from Gabe Spotless Window Clean. We're so happy to have you on the Into the Flow podcast. And with us, we have Dr. LaTanya Booker, who's an uh, a Instagram influencer. She goes under Dr. Tanya, and that's how we, uh, we know her. I, I got to meet her uh, back when I was training for my marathon. And, uh, you know, I was looking for people to follow on Instagram where I could kind of, you know, keep, uh, get, keep my enthusiasm up. I went through this long training process and I found you and uh, you were just so encouraging and you were really kind in that you took some time to answer some of my direct messages that I had with regards to my training. And uh, you just gave me such good advice and is even working through some injuries. And I really appreciate the time you took. So thanks so much, uh, Dr. Tanya. Thanks so much for uh, spending some time and, and talking with us here and in into the flow. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. I- Sincerely appreciate you inviting me to participate. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you are a doctor. You're uh, certified in internal medicine, right? And uh, you're um, from Southeast Texas native. And you went to uh, University, University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston in 2009. That's where you graduated from, correct? And before then, you were, um, where, where was uh, where was the other college that you went to? In, in oh, the beginning? I graduated from Spelman College. That Spelman. Was my, Spelman in Atlanta, yeah. Awesome. Very good. And uh, so you are, when you, when did you become a, a, a marathon? I know I read some of the articles about you. You had ran kind of way back when you were a cheerleader, but okay. it wasn't until kind of lately where you kind of got into it, right? Exactly. So I'm not, or I didn't, you know, I didn't run as a kid, really. I didn't, the, the first time I actually ran was when I was a cheerleader in undergrad. Our cheerleading coach would make us run a mile before uh, practice and I always tell this story it might be a little gross but the first two times I ran a mile without stopping I actually puked it was oh no crazy like a <laughs> physical strain on my body that that was the reaction that I had but then I actually started running again when I was a medical student I started running just to sort of help relieve stress and anxiety associated with taking exams and things of that nature and while I would run, I would listen to uh, audio lectures and things. So I was actually studying and running and also managing my stress and anxiety. And then I really kind of fell off a bit again during residency. And I didn't start running consistently or even running races until I was in my mid-30s. And wow. um, this was about, I ran my first marathon in 2019. Uh-huh. No, it was 2018, 18. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so since then, I've done two full marathons, uh, five half marathons, a bunch of like 5K, 10K races. And, you know, when I was, a, um, when I started running sort of after, or actually it was right at the end of residency, I started kind of running again and really just kind of pushing myself. And I realized all the benefits of running. It helped me to manage my anxiety and stress. It helped me to uh, manage weight, my weight, I gained a pretty good amount of weight in residency. So sure. it helped me lose weight. And then I, it just started to feel good. I run outside, you know, you get a, an opportunity to be in nature mm-hmm. and just feel the wind and watch the trees and just hear the sounds of the everything going on around you. And it's just a very peaceful experience. So I really fell in love with running uh, toward the end of residency and, you know, a few years ago, really. So yeah, my running journey. That's awesome. Yeah, that that's really similar to, to mine. I, of course, I started in my 40s. Right. Um, but I, um, yeah, I, I've talked about it on the podcast as well. That's that's my whole reason. I enjoy running the physical part of it, but it's just, it just gives you time to be by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I always say there's something about 
thinking on something important while you're exerting yourself physically that kind of helps to put a focus on something you know and uh so yeah it's it's really awesome that, that's that's really why i i picked it up and you know any exercise i think is important uh whenever you're trying to deal with stress i think just just re- releases that energy that's built up the knots in your neck you know and it helps to get it out Absolutely. Um, Dude, I didn't know you started running in your 40s. You're like super I fast. Did. I'm still trying to catch up. <laughs> I do not. I do not feel fast. There's a guy who is in town and he um, he's in his 50s. Oh, wow. And he just ran 50 miles at a, a 7.58 mile. Yeah. That's he, hashtag goal. He's my hero. I follow him on, on Strava. And um, yeah, it just is really like, it's just amazing. So I'm like, okay, well, that means that I have time still. I can get, I can get faster, you know? So, um, but the, the reason why I wanted to have you on here, Dr. Tanya, is because, um, you know, as window cleaners, uh, our health is always kind of back burner, right? If we're working for ourselves, we are trying to provide for our family. Uh, we have the pressures of running a business. We've got, you know, we work long days. I mean, some of us 10, 12 days, hour days, especially during a busy season, you know, as any business, when you got the work, you got to take it because you may not have it tomorrow, you know? And so um, there's a couple areas I thought, I just wanted to pick your brain and see if you had things that you can kind of help us and just maybe help us to think about our health differently, you know, Um, as opposed to it being a burden that we have to kind of deal with to something that actually can be a benefit to us if we put the focus on there. So um, the first thing I wanted to ask about was just with exercise in general since we've already kind of talked about that um you know window cleaners are not uh we don't sit still right (laughs) we're not sedentary we we do move we're it's physical job we lift ladders we go up and down ladders we have water fed poles that are heavy uh we're constantly moving you know i have a stepper and i'm always you know fifteen thousand steps every day easy and it's just because of work you know yes even without running um so it's it's we're, we're moving and so i know for me for the longest time while i didn't work out it was because I said, well, I have a, I already did my exercise. I worked, I worked today. <laughs> it was my right. physical job. So, so why, why is that such a wrong thinking to have when you're at a job to not to, to use as an excuse to not work out or to not do something physical as far as exercise is concerned? So I would assume that the majority of what you guys do is more sort of resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of the equivalent of weight and resistance training. Mm-hmm. And while that is actually important, it's, not the same as cardio so you get other benefits from cardio such as things like cycling running um also like doing different things uh, like working on the elliptical mm-hmm. and swimming um, on a row machine those things are cardiovascular activities that actually get your blood your heart pumping pumping get your blood running and also um help your lungs and all these other things, basically. So cardio is actually important. And I think um, as a window cleaner, yeah, you're active all day, you're climbing ladders, but you could be missing the cardio component. Another thing when I hear window cleaner, and yes, you are a laborer, you are are active all day, but it's possible as well that you uh, could be putting strain on certain muscle groups. Yes, absolutely. Mm. working certain muscle groups and you could be at risk for injuries as a result Mm. of that. So just saying, oh, well, I'm active um, is probably not sufficient. So you probably are still missing a good amount of cardio, which is good for your heart. And you also could be overworking muscles and putting a lot of strain on your back and things of that nature. Mm. And knowing that, 
it's important for you to do some other sort of stretching and maybe even get some core strengthening as uh, such as, you know, sit-ups and things of that nature. But Pilates is also good for hmm. that. And for people who have um, back injuries or just even for stress relief, yoga is actually good. I've had plenty of uh, patients and clients who've had horrendous uh, back pain and things of that nature, and they try yoga and it actually helps with their back pain. Now, I'm not a um, personal trainer, okay? So these are just some activities as mm -hmm. a physiology or a physiologist, this is what you know I'm recommending. But it's always a good idea for you to, you know, work with your physician just to make sure that any particular activity that you want to add to your routine is safe. And it's also important to make sure that you, you know, at least consult with a personal trainer or a physiatrist or a physical therapist or someone who can help you so that any activity you choose is appropriate for your particular health and um, physical status, basically. Mm -hmm. Because as I said, you're at risk in the type of work that you do for overworking certain uh, muscle groups or underworking other muscle groups. So you may need to focus on strengthening the groups, the muscle groups that you aren't working, or you may have to adjust your um, activities for specific injuries or imbalances or strains that you might have. So that's why it's important for you to kind of incorporate somebody else that is a professional, at least in the beginning. And then mm -hmm. you know, as you kind of grow and strengthen your physical activity and you become a little more conditioned, then you can potentially start to work on your own. But I think in the beginning, it's probably a good idea. But Cardio, um, different cardio, acti cardio activity, cycling, like Gabe can tell you, is a great mm -hmm. cardio activity. Um, brisk walking, not just kind of walking from place to place. Yes, you get your steps, and that's excellent. But, you know, going for a brisk walk mm -hmm. um, for at least 30 minutes, five days a week, that could count as your cardio. Swimming, cycling, like I said, those things are excellent things to kind of get your blood pumping, get your heart going. And it helps your cardiovascular health as well. I'm glad you mentioned walking um, because, you know, I, I, I mean, I think to where I'm at, I mean, it took me a couple of years to get to where I'm at, you know, and, but in the beginning I did, I did like a walk run type thing, you know, where I would walk for, exactly. um, you know, five minutes and then run for two and then walk for five and run for two. And I think that's, that's the intimidating thing for people when they're first starting to, especially if they've not, they've not done it for a long time. Like I hadn't. Um, and so it, just knowing it's just, it's more the consistency, you know, it's just keep doing it and, and keep, like you say, get your, your heart rate up to a certain amount. And, and that's doable for, for most people. Most people can walk for 30 minutes, you know, just take a walk around the block, especially if you, as a window cleaner, you're, you are doing that all day. So you can do it, but doing it with the mindset of, okay, this is for my health as opposed to this is for my working. Um, now, now getting back to what you mentioned about the overworking. So like with window cleaners are our, our neck, right? that that's the you know our, our traps our tra trapezius and then our back lower back especially uh and then in our wrists so uh, because we we wrist we grasp the squeegee in fact I'm, I'm ambidextrous squeegeeing just for that because i started getting like a, a tendonitis in my wrist so i just switched to my left hand and i did that for probably about six months just to rest my wrist and as a result i got i got fast you know i can do for both sides just just about as quick i'm better still with my right um but so, so what, what do you recommend in that, in that instance? So, so obviously those muscles need to get stronger, but if you're already doing a lot of work with it, how do you, how do you strengthen them without overworking them through exercise? So I don't 
don't know in that particular situation that you want to or you need to continue with strength training because you're already working those muscles. So they're already you're already kind of doing the strengthening part. Mm-hmm. I think the key there is to pay attention to sprains, strains, pains, and things of that nature because you may require either um, like bracing or mm. rest, or physical therapy, or things that can help you, even occupational therapy can gotcha. help you so that you don't continue to overwork those muscles and cause kind of permanent damage and things of that nature. So I think that's what's key there. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that you need to do additional exercises outside of what you do, but I would gotcha. say you probably need to work with somebody to help you um, functionally to do things better, basically, to move yeah. better on the job. And I think that's actually key. So a physical therapist, personal trainer, occupational therapist could potentially help you in those areas. And there may be, you know, certain exercises, like if you're overworking one muscle group and not working another muscle group, there could be exercises that could help you balance that. Balance that. Again, mm. That's always something that you probably at least for once, at least one time you want to have an assessment, like a full body assessment by a physical therapist or a personal trainer to mm-hmm. identify what muscle groups are weak and need help or work and what muscle groups are strong that you, you know, just kind of work on balance, basically. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I, you kind of got me thinking now because I've always held off on on getting a personal trainer just because it won well, the expense. And right. two, I'm just always like, no, nah, I can do it. I, I've, I've, you know, exercise, I've done this. and But now that you're talking about kind of identifying weak spots exactly. we're, we're not we're not good at identifying our own weak spots you know right. we know it hurts but we don't always know uh, what muscles we can like you said the extra muscles we could work that might help alleviate some of that so that's a really really good point Absolutely. Um, and you don't necessarily have to pay this high amount for a personal trainer um if depending on your insurance you can potentially get a have an assessment with the physical therapist, especially if you have certain, like a specific area that's bothering you, then it's Mm -hmm. probably a good idea to see your doctor and get referred to a physical therapist. They can also tell you, hey, this is weak and you probably need to do X, Y, and Z exercises to strengthen this or to prevent further injury. Um, Or if you don't have insurance and that's not really an option, then you can always, thanks to COVID, you can reach out to people who will train you virtually or at least do sessions virtually initially. And you can do a pretty decent assessment um, virtually, basically. Interesting. So I think those are some things that you should definitely consider, um, especially if you already know that there are areas that are just not quite right or you feel tweaks and twinges and things of that nature. It's probably a good idea to go ahead and get an assessment. And like I said, now is a better time than any because Nobody's really seeing people in person, or that's not true. We're seeing people in person a lot less often, mm-hmm. and we have access to virtual means now. So Interesting. So how, how would someone, because not having insurance is a problem in the window cleaning industry. You know, we have a lot of, you know, single person owners. Um, you know, they think they're invincible because <laughs> they've been doing it since they're young. Right. Um, they just don't want that extra expense or, or just they can't afford it. I mean, you know, because we don't we don't fall under our employer's insurance. So we're right. paying either full price or we're, we got an Obamacare plan or whatever. Right. And we're just trying to hang in there. Where do we where would we find that like free online assessment or at least reduce price like that? Right. So first of all, Facebook, Instagram, those are some great places you can usually find uh social media, uh, fitness and personal trainers and things of that nature. 
Um, otherwise, if you if there is if you don't have insurance, um, you can reach out to you can sort of look up certain physical therapy groups in your area because I know that some physical therapists will actually work with you on a cash basis and they will usually help you with uh, pricing, especially if you don't have insurance. And honestly, some of them probably prefer cash yeah, pay anyway, sure. uh, just because insurance can be a bit of a hassle from the provider in as well. Right. So um, if you, you can use Instagram, Facebook, um, and because I'm assuming that we're talking about people all over the country, I don't have any specific uh, websites or specific people that you could, you know, that I can refer you to at this point. But I would start with Instagram, Facebook, or just Google physical therapists in your area and give them a call and see who has uh, cash prices, who has virtual appointments and things of that nature. Awesome. Very good advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, all right. Well, thanks so much on that. Uh, so the other question now that it kind of leads into is our diet. So window cleaners, we're on the road, we're tired. <laughs> you know, it's, we don't, oftentimes we don't have time to sit down and eat. So it's easy just to pull through the drive-through, get some fast food, eat it on the way to the next job. Thankfully, I, I've kind of gotten into the habit of packing my own food for the last couple of years. Um, but I didn't for a long time. And, you know, sometimes you're just tired. Sometimes you get up late. You just had enough time to get your truck ready and get out the door and you just swing by McDonald's, pick up a egg McMuffin on the way out. So, so what, what advice do you have for those of, well, first of all, why, why is a healthy diet important? I mean, we know the basics, but for someone like us that are, we're physical, we, we work, we, we move. Why, why is it especially a healthy diet, especially important for, for those of us? So a uh- a healthy diet is actually the foundation of health. Like a, a good nutritious diet is the foundation of health. If we have poor diets, we have identified in medicine and science scientifically that poor nutrition is the root cause of multiple different medical conditions, okay? So you really, the core of it at the base of it, the foundation is actually proper nutrition, okay? So what you eat is so important. If you put trash into your body, your body won't function properly. Just like you wouldn't go and put trash in your car, you wouldn't put it in your gas tank, you put gasoline because that's the fuel that your car uses to run properly, right? So if you put bad or trash foods or foods that don't have the nutrients that you need to function properly, then your body's not going to function properly. So nutrition is actually so important and you have to be very aware of what you're eating and you have to prioritize, make it a priority, make proper nutrition a priority. Um, So I know people struggle because not everybody really understands what a good diet is or what proper nutrition Mm -hmm. is. I will tell you that you cannot go wrong with vegetables, okay? You can literally eat vegetables all day and you can't go wrong. Um, In terms of veggies on the go, some of the vegetables that are perfect for that are like the little baby carrots are perfect for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes the little small tomatoes or bell peppers, you can snack on like snap peas and things of that nature. You can even actually snack on... um, Fresh broccoli. I, that's why I have carrots and broccoli. That's usually my, my go-to. Right. So those are very inexpensive, very quick and easy snacks. And because of their fiber content, they usually make you feel full a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And 
outside of veggies also i forgot to mention berries berries are very good as well mm. blueberries are my absolute favorite really especially for snacking blueberries mm. they're considered a superfood um you know very uh nutrient dense and even low calories so berries are also excellent strawberries are good but you know they're seasonal so it really just kind of yeah. depends um now a good snack uh when we're talking about fruit would be citrus fruits and things of that nature because it's flu season and citrus fruits usually have a lot of vitamin c and help us fight infections and things of that nature so citrus fruits oranges grapefruit if you're not on like a uh you know any prescription medications just because grapefruit can interact with certain prescription medications um, those are great snack choices. Even green grapes, um, I would probably eat them in moderation, but you know, if you just had to have them, uh, that's a pretty decent snack as well. Also, nuts, great source of protein, fiber, and the healthy omega fats. So nuts such as walnuts, almonds, those are really good. Peanuts are a little less, but they're better than you know some other snack options. Yeah. Um, but also on the go, I like to go for, now I do work with cotton snacks, just by the way, full disclosure. But <laughs> the reason I choose cotton snacks is because they are made with whole ingredients that you can actually see. Mm -hmm. So if it's a, um, a dark chocolate and sea salt or uh, almond bar, I can see each of those ingredients. Yeah, it's exactly. not mixed up and mushed up into like, some, you know, bar. And when you look at it, it's just like this brown bar, but you can't tell <laughs> what the ingredients are. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So if you choose um, certain snacks, such as like kind snacks that are made with uh, whole nuts and whole ingredients, as well as whole grain oats and things of that nature, mm -hmm. those are also good options. They're prepackaged and they're great for grabbing on the way out the door or for grabbing as a snack. And they tend to be most of them are pretty, you know, it's for a snack, it's a pretty good amount of protein yeah. and um, even healthy fats, uh, but not as much sugar or carbs. Right. So yes. those are actually a good option. So when you're eating out or trying to eat on the go, I would say you try to go for the protein rich foods, such as, like I said, nuts are a good source of protein lean meat such as chicken or like skinless chicken or mm -hmm. uh, turkey those are good options a fish option if that's possible um so but, but we're like not talking like filet of fish right <laughs> uh, not, not like no 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 um uh those are good options though and then the next thing i look for is like i said the green vegetables um and i try to avoid carbs carbs such as bread potatoes like french fries mm -hmm. chips. i love yeah. french fries yeah. yeah i love french fries too but yeah when you're eating out you can't you have to do that in moderation because it's not really good for you <laughs> so you know <laughs> i would like i said prioritize protein try to get in some green veggies and then also try to make sure i avoid the carbs such as gotcha. bread fried sugars oh absolutely 100 percent. don't buy a drink we don't oh, yeah. drink no do not drink calories, okay? Yep. So no That's... soda. The diet soda is bad as well. So no soda, not even the diet variety. No teas because they tend to be sweetened with stuff. That That's true, yeah. And I would prefer if you would drink water. 
Let's just drink water when we're drinking. No empty calories, no fruit juices. What, they what? are marketed as healthy, but aren't really. No, yeah, no, I don't drink any fruit juices because right. they're like super high in calories. I mean, right, right, right. For, but what, what do you think about like Zevia? Because that's that's the soda I'd like to drink because um, it's, it's seasoned with Stevia. Right. So this is my thing about that. So I understand that Stevia is marketed as natural and plant-based and all that other stuff. But the thing is, at the end of the day, without getting into too much physiology, Stevia will spike your insulin once your insulin, well, first of all, once your insulin goes up, insulin is a hormone that tells your body to store fat, Mm -hmm. okay? So even though Stevia is, or yeah, Stevia is a no-calorie sweetener, it still spikes your insulin, which is still the hormone that tells your body to store fat. Mm. And if the um, stevia comes and it doesn't have any calories to back it, then what you end up doing is eating more calories or eating more sugar or craving sugar later anyway. Mm. So for those two reasons, because it spikes your insulin and because it makes you crave sugar, I say don't even do the no calorie sweeteners. Stevia, even though it comes from a plant, I would still recommend you just cut it out. Or minimize it. You know, there's, I, I'm not saying that it's easy to just cut out sugar cold turkey, but sure. I would definitely reduce it and avoid it um, if all possible. Awesome. Okay, well, that's good. I, I did not know that. I did not know that stevia spiked the insulin. I, I thought that was kind of a safe thing to, to take right. in. So. I think okay. that's kind of a newer understanding because before we thought, oh, it's zero calories, so it can't mm-hmm. be bad. But then later studies started to show that even the zero calorie sweeteners you know, can be problematic. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, Flomies, uh, I just wanted to interrupt the interview briefly. Um, after we finished, uh, Dr. Tanya had done some further research, and she wanted me to include this in the interview. She said, after recording the podcast, I conducted a literary, literary review and learned that there is some literature to suggest that stevia may not spike insulin like other no-calorie sweeteners and may actually have added health benefits. So being ever diligent, she just wanted me to include that. So back to the interview. So, so what, what would you say is a natural, like something that can help with energy? For instance, you know, we hit that two o'clock time and we've got three more hours left in the day and we're tired and we want to just pop a, um, an energy drink and get us through the rest of the day. So what, what, what's a good alternative that would be um, healthy, but would help us to kind of get through? So black coffee would be okay as long as it's not too late in the evening to where it would interfere with you, uh, your ability to go to sleep on time. Um, there's also green tea is a good, um, good option as well. Green tea or what's the other green tea? It's, uh, matcha is what I'm trying matcha, to think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those beverages are okay. As long as you don't put a bunch of sugar in them, like you're not, you know, adding a lot of sugar, or even the artificial sweeteners, as I previously mm-hmm. mentioned, um, even black teas, um, can, you know, have a little bit of caffeine to give you a boost. Um, I'm trying to think in terms of caffeine free options and nothing is really coming to mind i'm just thinking mm-hmm. about all the well, caffeine and, and and i'm even thinking of like food because i i know back in the day i used to do driving i used to drive a truck um i was a grease grease trap i was a pumper truck and i used to clean those and so at night on the way back home i mean that was because i would go sometimes to a, a little town south of, of tucson that was about an hour about an hour away and so that was a lot, you know, I'm worked the whole night. It's, it's, you know, three in the morning, I'm driving home, I'm tired. So I would 
I would buy some, if when it was in season, I would buy some cherries and I would just kind of eat cherry a little bit on the way. And that would usually get me home or even an apple. I would just kind of slowly eat an apple. You're not the purpose to eat it, but just to, just as long as I'm continuing taking it in, it seemed to kind of help me. Is there any foods like that, that would kind of give us some energy? Well, that's a good question. And honestly, that's something I'm going to have to do some research on. Like I said, when you said energy, I immediately thought of things that contain caffeine, Mm -hmm. uh, but one thing that I would say is definitely avoid things toward the end of your shift uh, that have a lot of sugar or a lot of carbs because they usually cause you, you know, um, a spike in energy mm-hmm. and then you crash really quickly. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of adjust your meals to where you're not eating, if you're going to have carbs or anything like that, you should probably do it in the morning or okay. around, you know, maybe lunch at the latest, but try to avoid um carb heavy foods like sugars breads potatoes things of that nature gotcha. just because you get that sugar spike and you feel great for a second and then you yeah, know, yeah it drops off so in terms of a specific food i can't really recommend that but i'm going to definitely look that up and try to okay. you know uh better answer to this question <laughs> no, yeah. well, i know we, we appreciate that yeah definitely you want to avoid things that you know give you a boost of energy and then make you feel sluggish yeah absolutely after for sure yeah that makes a lot of sense very good all right well thanks so much for for that information that's going to come in come in handy for sure. oh actually i do have one question before we move off from the food topic what do you think about like the uh uh those um veggie burgers from like carl's jr i think it's like the impossible burger or the the um like burger king has one too that's some i forget what the names are but you know they're like the plant-based patties but it's in a regular hamburger bun you know and what do you think about so my initial thought, my, my first reaction is, I don't understand why people want to make vegetables look like meat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then my second thought is, you know, while it probably has fewer calories, fewer cholesterol. It doesn't. That's the thing. It does not have fewer calories. Cholesterol, okay. yes, but not. it's about the same amount of calories. So I would say that that is still probably falls in the treat category and you probably want to eat that sparingly. Mm-hmm. Again, the other thing that I really believe it's possible that the the patty itself is has more fiber and maybe even more protein. Yeah, I think it does. Mm-hmm. Than a regular maybe not more protein than a regular patty, but definitely more fiber and is technically mm-hmm. healthier than a regular patty potentially. Mm-hmm. However, when you wrap it in bread, that's all bad. Right, exactly. That's but it, that's fries it's not healthier or when you wash it down with the sugary beverage it's not really better so while it may be um a better alternative to the regular thing it it's not considered healthy and it's still something that you should avoid in general yeah it makes sense that kind of confirms what i was thinking because i I went for about two months where i didn't eat any meat so i could all meat I was just yeah. going to, I wasn't, didn't go vegan and I still had chicken every once in a while. I had shrimp, you know, that type of thing. But mostly I was trying to eat mostly vegetarian throughout right. the whole time. And then for the treats, when I was going to, I wanted to have fast food. I said, well, I'm going to try these. And they were actually good. I mean, the Carl's Jr. one, I mean, I, I didn't taste too much of a difference. It, there, there definitely was, you know, but I thought, well, if this is better for me, but right. then I noticed that I really didn't feel better after I felt about the same as when I ate the fast food, you know? And so I thought, well, if I'm going to eat this, if it's, you know, and then I noticed the calories were just as high. So really the only benefit, like you said, was the protein was probably more, it was probably cleaner than, than red right. meat, than the, than the ground beef. 
but other than that, they're really, and the sodium was still high, you know, um, you, like you said, we're still eating the white bread. Um, I, I just felt like at the end of it, I'm like, you know, I mean, it's nice, but it's, it, the, unless yeah. I really am dedicated to being a, a vegetarian or vegan, there really doesn't seem like much of a need to have it. Honestly, and even for a vegetarian or vegan, it should still be a treat. It's not mm -hmm. the go-to. It's not acceptable for every day, just fast food option. No, right, it's right. still a treat. Awesome. I really want to know, though, how when you were um, more plant-based and avoiding red meat and things of that nature, how did you feel? Did you feel, I hear I, people say that they're more energetic or, you know, they're- I, I didn't find, I found, I found myself being- um, I felt like in want all the time for food, <laughs> you know, um, I, I was hoping that now what it did help my blood pressure was, was a lot better. I, I felt good that in that area. Um, I felt like uh, I didn't feel like bloated. So eating plant-based really helped with the bloating. I, I would wake up in the mornings and not feel good. And, and with this, I was feeling better. Okay. But one, I found a really hard time finding stuff that I could eat because I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, a grazer, right? So okay. because I'm always on the go. So I would always have beef jerky. I'd always have hard boiled eggs, um, which I did. I did end up going back to hard boiled eggs. Right. Um, and then, um, but I just felt like there was the less options meant that I gave into my cravings more. Gotcha, gotcha. So I always had a packed lunchbox of stuff that I could eat. And that way, if I ever got craving, I would, hey, go to it. You know, I even buy protein bars that were like those, uh, I forget what they're called, the Pro Premier Plus or whatever. I can't remember the, oh, no, it's it's protein. But they're kind of like a, they're kind of like a, a bar. So if I ever wanted a candy bar, I would eat that instead. That was just kind of sitting in there as just kind of the emergency, you know, thing. So that rather than eating the the all sugar thing, this is at least a little better, you know, it's still high in calories, but. So I, I always had kind of backups. And with the, when I was eating, you know, when I went vegetarian, I found that those backups were less and less. Either one, I didn't have as many. And two, they weren't as attractive, you know. <laughs> so um, I ended up go, giving in to the cravings or, or whatever a lot easier than when I was, when I allowed myself to have the chicken, to have the fish. Uh, I still am not really doing a lot of red meat. Um, I have allowed myself to have a hamburger or I still haven't even had a steak since then, you know, right. and I used right. to really like steaks. Um, but uh, so I, I do, I do see the benefit of kind of cutting back on the red meat a lot. But as mm -hmm. far as I, now that I'm back to eating chicken, you know, yeah. probably about three times a week, I'm a lot better. Now I'm a lot more settled. I don't feel like I'm always missing something That's or good. looking for something to, to fill, you know, a craving to fill. So that, that's just been my experience. Do you, are you uh, big on eating nuts and things of that nature? Do See, I don't like, I don't like eating nuts because of how high in calories they are. Right. <laughs> you know? so this is the thing. It really depends on, first of all, this is a different podcast. Probably. I know. <laughs> calories are not created equally. Yeah, it's true. The body responds to sugar and carbs different than it responds to uh, fats per se, yeah. you know, for instance. So while I understand that most, you know, a few years ago, there was this huge, oh my God, nuts are bad or mm -hmm. they have too many calories. But again, we're learning, realizing that all calories aren't created equally. Your body doesn't respond to all calories the same. So you shouldn't be as afraid of the oil in the nuts, especially certain nuts. Like um, I think walnuts are pretty good. I want to say cashews mm -hmm. are pretty good as well. Peanuts. Yeah. 
um, they have a lot of omega six fats, which can promote inflammation. So yeah. you might want to avoid. I, I never, I never did well with peanuts. I always, right. re- I did always felt more a little more bloated if I ate peanuts. But like almonds were always good. Ca- almond cashews were a little more greasy for me. Yeah. I do react a little bit to the oil. But right. almonds, walnuts, um, you know, those always seem to be really, really good. But I just, like I said, I'd eat a handful and I'd be like, this is like 300 calories. <laughs> now, this is true. Like you really, you do it in moderation for sure. Yeah, you can't sure. just eat an entire bag. Of- and see, that's, and that's where I fall short because I will eat an entire bag if it's there. Right. No. So I have to no. kind of put it in a little baggie and me- pre-measure yeah. it. And that's. So that's important. Yeah, because if I if I buy it in the store, I'm gonna eat that whole bag. I don't care what I tell myself. I can say, "Oh, I'm gonna cut in half, and then I'll find it and I'll eat it." What's that? Yeah, they have snack packs though to keep the calorie count down. The reason I recommended them is because they sometimes they have a little bit of a meaty texture, which Mm -hmm. psychologically can help you to feel full a little bit longer. You know, they have a little bit more fat, a little bit more fiber. Those things tend to keep you full a little bit longer. So, for instance, if it's late in the evening and I'm just like, Oh, I need to eat something. I'll just grab like a handful of almonds or something like that. And that usually kind of, uh, fixes or, you know, feeds my craving and I feel fine after that. So the other thing is you might want to focus on, uh, adding certain grains to your diet, such as, uh, quinoa, mm-hmm. um, whole oats, uh, like I use, uh, steel cut oats. Yeah. That's what my wife uses. Yeah. She likes the that. ones yeah. and things of that nature. Um, those things can also help you feel full a little bit longer so that you don't have as much of the craving cravings yeah. and they're still plant-based. So, yeah, yeah. I got a, I got a love hate relationship with quinoa. I love the way quinoa makes me feel. I do not like the way it tastes. <laughs> so when I eat it, when I eat it, I'm like, Oh, I'm so glad I ate that. I feel so good. And then I, but it's just the thought of it. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to eat it. <laughs> I see it on my plate. It's a salad though, where it's not yeah. a dish. It's just no, it, in a dish it, it has I, I have eaten it where it was decent um but it's just you know it's a mindset you know i once I, I had a really bad plate in the beginning and now it's like that's what i that's immediately what comes to my mind when it's served to me you know but yeah i do have to just find a good way to make it that i can eat because i do i feel so good when i eat quinoa it's it's really a good good food so awesome well thank you so much for that information that was good stuff okay so last sec last section i wanted to ask you about and that's with regarding covid safety Right. Um, so you, you've, you've worked on COVID wards, correct? Yes, I actually yes. still do. You yes. still do. So what, what, so first of all, just kind of share a little bit of your experience working on those and, and, uh, um, you know, just fill us in on, on what you're, what you've seen. So what I would say is in the very beginning, it was brand new. We really, you know, we did the best we could with the information we had. The information was very limited and we weren't very good at treating it. I would say in the very beginning, um, So this was back in March, April. And then as studies from uh, different countries would come in, then we sort of streamlined our approach and we were able to do a much better job of treating people and helping people get through the infection. So now, as you know, or you've probably seen in the media that even though the numbers are starting to spike again, the deaths are actually Mm -hmm. not going up, which is a good thing. That's That's really good. That speaks to the fact that we're able to treat it a lot better. Um, in terms of my experience, I think COVID was really scary because um, people would have pretty bad pneumonia. So they would have COVID in their lungs and they wouldn't even have cough or they wouldn't even have shortness of breath. Wow. And they would come into the emergency room and their oxygen saturation or the per- percent of oxygen in their blood was very low. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at them and their oxygen is like 
80%, which is very low. It's supposed to be 97% or higher, right? And they're like, no, I don't feel short of breath. No, I haven't had a cough. And we're like, but your oxygen is really bad. You know what I mean? So it was really weird and it made it tough because I would see patients in the hospital, but I would also see patients via telemedicine. And when you can't use those cues and symptoms from the patient sure. to help make decisions, then that becomes you know difficult. So when I would see patients via telemedicine, just because they told me they weren't having shortness of breath or weren't having cough, it didn't mean that you know they didn't have COVID. You know what I mean? So that was a very scary time for me as a physician, seeing the disconnect between symptoms and the severity of the disease and sure. how it affected certain systems. Like I said, now we know a lot better. And fortunately, we're not seeing as many, I won't say the cases are starting to go back up. But personally, in my hospital, we don't have as many COVID wards as we did back in July. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that's good news for now. And hopefully, sure. we are doing a better job of spreading awareness and also encouraging people to be safe and practice safe practices such as washing your hands, wearing your mask when you go into public or when you're going to be in close contact with other individuals and also um, social distancing. Really, that's mm -hmm. actually quite, that's very important, you know? Sure, yeah. Now, you, you also did contract COVID yourself, correct? I did. Yeah. And yeah, I uh, did. What was your experience? So uh, first of all, I think, so I do work with COVID patients, but in the hospital, we're very, very safe. We are completely covered from head to toe usually. So I don't think I contracted it in the hospital. I actually had an experience where I had a business meeting in my clinic and, uh, you know, the other, there were people there that basically had symptoms and we didn't, we, you know, they had tested negative. They right. had a false negative test, okay? Oh. So they continued to come to work with their symptoms. And I think that's where I was exposed. So that's just a couple points there. Number one, you know, if you have symptoms, you should probably just stay at home, even if you have a negative COVID test, because all tests are not created equal. All mm -hmm. tests are not as good at detecting COVID. So that's another point. So luckily, um, we did wear masks and, uh, you know, we did our best in terms of social distancing, but I think it probably was a surface thing where I touched something in common or something like that. Um, and we know that the um, you're protected, or not you're protected, but you can have less severe disease if you don't get exposed to as, as much of the virus. So if you wear your mask, that decreases the amount of virus particles that you can get infected with. And, it, you know, surface contact is a little less uh, potent or you don't get as much virus. So I luckily had a very mild disease. I had headaches, body aches, fever, fatigue. I slept 15 hours a day, so I was wow. very quiet. But this was my illness, so I had symptoms for a total of eight days. Wow. And then after that, I was completely fine, like back wow. to normal. Luckily, I was one of the people that didn't have any of the after effects. Uh, some people get cardiac or heart problems, um, mm -hmm. heart failure, heart inflammation. Some people get inflammation in the brain, so they have neurologic issues and things mm -hmm. of that nature. And this can linger after the infection has still has been cleared. So it's actually important to take this very seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, my family's had several cases. Um, well, we lost a cousin who's my age, and he, he passed away um, very sadly. It was very hard. And then my wife has a cousin who she 
you know, got through it. She didn't have to go on a ventilator or anything. But, you know, her biggest thing that she's dealing with now is her memory. She says she has a severe loss of memory. And she's having trouble functioning at work now because she can't remember simple things. You know, she'll start a job and in the middle of it, forget what she was doing, you know, and this is someone who's very sharp. I mean, it just extremely intelligent, uh, very focused, you know, one of those that makes decisions, boom, 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 you know, and she's one of those, everyone comes to her and she, she, she's the boss, you know, and now she is just really struggling with, she's like, I'm hoping I get it back. She's like, but I, right now she's like, I, I, I get lost. I get foggy. Um, and she just is really having a difficult time adjusting to getting back to her, her life, you know? So it is, it is serious. It's something that even if it doesn't, you know, we don't end up being in the death count, it can still affect our life for sure. So, so, um, let me, let me kind of share what, what, what we, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, I'm just saying, I'm glad you said that. It's a very good point. So, you know, some people kind of brush it off and say, oh, it's just the flu and you get it, you get over it and you're fine. That's not exactly true. Like we just mentioned, there are some people who have after effects, some people who end up with heart problems that could be permanent. We don't know. They could have lung problems that could be permanent. We wouldn't, we don't know. Only time will tell. Even some of the neurologic problems. So COVID actually causes more than just, oh, you get sick. And if you survive, then great. And oh, a few people don't survive and they end up dying. from it. Like it has consequences beyond that that we may not have appreciated at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Um, so let me let me just share kind of what we do, because um, as window cleaners, typically we can we can keep our social distancing. It's not really a problem. We, you know, a lot of a lot of window cleaners have chosen to just work exterior only jobs. And, and so as a result, they're outside. Um, they really don't have interactions with uh, um their customers um we have options in our business whereas like we don't they don't even see us you know we go do the work they pay by credit card over the phone um that type of thing but there are times where we do go into homes and that's the time where we you know run the risk of, of infection so like we wear um our, our policy for for covid is we wear um uh, single use kn95 masks uh, we wear we wear disposable gloves. We wear booties, right. um, and we require social distancing in the house. Um, the other thing that we do is we have a questionnaire when someone schedules, and we make sure that there's no one who has, um, uh, you know, any any uh, maladies or they're you know they're not undergoing chemotherapy. They're not doing any situation where uh, they would be considered high risk if if we were to transfer infection to them accidentally. You know, we don't want to be responsible for that. Um, is there anything else do you think, like, what, what can we do to be safe going in? Cause we realize, you know, there's going to be a risk and we're not going in there with hazmat suits, <laughs> you know, right. uh, um, we, we are taking on a risk when we go into the house. So is there any other advice you have with that? No, actually, it sounds like you're doing all the right things and you're being very responsible. And I appreciate that. I think short of staying home, which is not possible, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, in the long term, that's not a long-term solution. But short of staying home, I think you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. The only thing you didn't particularly mention is maybe checking temperatures, which is not oh, sure. because it doesn't check everything. But if you have your staff check, their yeah, we, we actually do. Yeah, we have we have a, a, a forehead reader when, when everyone works there. Yeah. Right. So when and they come in. Education is important. Just make sure everybody understands how serious it is and what they can do to protect themselves and protect others. That's very important. Um, other than that, uh, wash your hands frequently. Wash mm-hmm. your hands like multiple times a day. Use sanitizer. Sure. 
when you yeah. can't uh, wash your hands. But that's probably the only thing I'd add. Everything else you're doing, it sounds like it's um, just right. Okay, and, awesome. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, that's that's that's. Uh, yeah, we we try. We do have sanitizer in all the trucks, but like I said. Yeah. I tell them, I'm like, look, nothing's better than washing your hands. So, right, you know, exactly. don't the sanitizer is not a replacement for that. It's for when you can't wash your hands, Absolutely. then use it. But yeah, okay, excellent. So one of the things you had mentioned uh, in one of your posts that I, I thought would be really nice for you to share with us is you had talked about the, the, the preparing for an infection. In other words, making sure that your immune system was as strong as possible so that if in the event you do catch it, your body has the best chance of fighting it. So what are some things that you recommend for us who are, you know, we're going around traveling that we can take to help us fight off if we were to, to catch it? Basically to start off, we've already mentioned half of it, proper nutrition, eating nutrient dense fruits and vegetables, especially seasonal fruits and citrus fruits, because they contain vitamin C and -hmm. other nutrients that help us fight viruses and things of that nature. So that's important for sure. So a good, healthy diet. Also, just remaining physically active and um, getting a good amount of cardio in per week that helps protect you as well. Mm. Getting adequate sleep. Sleep Mm. is probably... (laughs) I know that with busy business owners that can be a challenge but you have to prioritize sleep because when we sleep that's when our immune system is able to ramp up everything that they need to fight infections and then also Mm -hmm. it helps uh, certain hormones that are involved in growth and repair those are active or highest when we sleep so sleep is extremely important also managing stress and reducing stress stress is can be the worst in the when you, we have chronic stress short-term stress such as exercising is good for us mm-hmm. long-term chronic stress is terrible it yeah. causes us to put on weight it uh, messes with our mental health and things of that nature um, it also causes inflammation that can put us at risk for disease so managing your stress with meditation and mindfulness and sometimes even yoga can help with that as well mm-hmm. so those are some of the big things in terms of, I've already mentioned nutrients and things of that nature. Um, in terms of any supplements, you can try vitamin C is always good. Vitamin D is also very important when it mm-hmm. comes to your immune system. And the majority of us in the United States are actually vitamin D deficient. Yeah. Even um, us who are exposed to sunlight because our pigment and our skin can be a little bit darker. We don't absorb or we don't make as much vitamin D from the sun. Mm-hmm. So vitamin D deficiency is very prevalent. So I would supplement with vitamin C, vitamin D. In the beginning of COVID, we talked about zinc because when you get zinc in the cells, first of all, zinc has previously, prior to COVID, has been shown to reduce respiratory infections yeah. and things of that nature. So, you know, we talked about using zinc, um, especially they've had clinical trials to see it's not necessarily to treat COVID, but it can help you boost your immune system and prevent infections from COVID. And then there's a couple of other um, supplements or vitamins, like I said, quercetin before I wrote a blog post about that, uh, which helps zinc get into the cells. And then also quercetin, uh, is that what you said? Quercetin, Q-U-E-R-C-I-T-I-N. And then also, um, uh, in acetylcysteine. So those are some other supplements that, you know, I would recommend now before you do anything, this is my physician disclaimer, <laughs> before you take anything, you have to discuss it with your regular doctor. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. 
just because it's over the counter doesn't mean it's safe for you. So you always have to run it by a medical professional that has a full understanding and knowledge of your medical conditions, if any, before you start adding things to your regimen. So yeah, you can, you know, listen to these nice people that recommend all these things, but it really um, is not as helpful if, you know, it interacts with the medication that you're taking or it doesn't fit with your physiology or chemistry. So just keep that in mind. So those things are good, but it's always best if you just eat a full diet, a diet full of nutrients with whole fruits and vegetables, um, avoiding sugar because sugar causes inflammation and can be detrimental, especially if you have a COVID infection, you mm-hmm. should avoid sugar for sure. But sure. Those are some big things in terms of um, how you can help boost your immune system and keep your immune system healthy so that you don't succumb to COVID, basically. Now, now as far as supplements, um, how do you make sure that they're, 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 they're quality supplements? That's you a know, good question. That's a great question. And if I can be honest with you, I don't know. That's the short answer. Um, It's not really regulated. There are some um, facilities that are inspected by the FDA, Mm -hmm. um, but there's also a lot of people selling supplements that at the end of the day really don't work or can contain contaminants and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have a good um, list of things that I can tell you to look for in general. Um, definitely if it doesn't have that FDA inspected, uh, stickers, like a little FDA um, logo on it, then I would probably avoid it. Otherwise, uh, yeah, beyond that, I can't really say just because it's an industry that's not really regulated very well. And unfortunately people, anybody can sell it. Anybody can call it healthy, but you know, it, it may not, you may not be able to trust it. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's always been my concern. I, I, I do take some supplements, um, you know, but it's like, you know, it's, it's one of those, I, I know vitamin D is something that I've always, I've taken for a while. I, that's always been important. Um, right. And I haven't take I started taking zinc once I heard about it with COVID. So I, I do take that now, but I take some other stuff for joints and stuff since I'm running. Sure. And, 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 you know, I don't know how much of it is placebo or not, but I do feel if I miss, you know, if I, if I run out and it takes me a week to, sup, you know, do, I feel like, oh, my knees are kind of hurting. Oh, my back, you know? Right. <laughs> so I just like, well, even if it's placebo, it's worth it taking it, you know, uh, because I do feel better when I take it. But, um, but yeah. If you actually eat a nutritious diet, then, sure. you know, in most cases, you don't yeah. need those supplements with a few exceptions, a few rare exceptions. So. Very good. Thank you. Right. Well, Dr. Tanya, thank you so much for taking the time, man. This has been really informative. I think a lot of us, we, 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 um, uh, we call ourselves the Flomies, you know, in this Into the Flow group. And we have this fit, Flomi fitness challenge that we've been doing uh, every month. And we'll do a different exercise or something that, you know, we, and we'll post videos of it. But, you know, one, one of our things is we really want to promote what is, whatever is good for our workers in the industry. That's what we want to promote. And fitness, health in general is just one of those topics that is continually overlooked. We'll talk about ladder safety all day. We'll talk about, you know, using water-fed poles in, in an effective and safe way. But then when it comes to taking care of ourselves, that's always the thing that gets pushed to the wayside or, or put in second place, you know. So I really appreciate you taking the time to shed some light on these important topics. And I know it's going to help some of us to, to um, have a, a healthier and a happier life as we go through this, our, our lives as window cleaners. So thank you so much. And thank you, Flomies, for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of the Into the Flow podcast. You guys have a great weekend and we will catch you on the next one. <laughs>